Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome in to the Jayhawk Talk radio program. I am Kevin Meckley, joined by Andrew Payne, Nick Schwert. We got Chris Tanpenny behind the glass tonight. Fellas, I got one thing to say. Since we started this here Jayhawk Talk radio program, our beloved Jayhawks are 1-0 and in national titles one. And man, it feels good. Andrew, how does it feel to be at least partially responsible for this title run? Partially responsible? Hmm. Well, uh, that seems like a slight. What's the percentage uh, that you think you personally contributed to this run? I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a drop in the bucket. Okay. I'd say like man, we ran the faucet for a second. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this this is these are the things that Kansas fans look to. Like, this is gonna have to be a staple show because there has been uh, very few national championships with this uh, basketball program that have not had Jayhawk Talk Radio. And here it is. This is the signal. Think about today's social media climate and how quickly information can get spread. You know, we're sending tweets out about Jayhawk Talk Radio. You know the guys from the team maybe driving through Kansas City from time to time. They hear the show. They realize, wow, these guys are really passionate about the team. You know what? We should maybe play a little bit Just harder. Just a little harder. Just a little bit it's harder. So... I think it's more than just a slight effect on this team. I want to take a good amount of of responsibility for what happened. This well, the other season. part of it, we know the coaching staff listens to every word of this. That's true. So whenever we have an idea, you know, hey, you should give the ball to Dave some more. Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or don't. Should, <laughs> Remember play, how often we were saying that? Play Remy Martin. Like, whatever. Like, whatever it was, you know. Our, our basketball analysis made its way into a national championship run. Let's just say this. Let's be glad that they did not listen to us, did not <laughs> listen to our analysis, or listen to any of the fan analysis because we would have been robbed of the second coming in Dave McCormick. Mm. And we'll get to Dave McCormick. I'm sure Dave McCormick's name is going to come up a lot in the next three hours. The next most- three years, the next three decades. Are you yeah. kidding me? Dave has cemented himself in the lore of Jayhawk basketball. That goes back to, 1900, to the 1800s. Dave McCormick has now etched himself in stone because Dave McCormick is now one of the most important players in the history of this program. It's going to be a difficult story to tell our grandkids. But there was this guy. So you, there was this thing called Twitter. And, and people didn't like him on Twitter. But then he got really good at the end. And he played two really great games. Like that's, and they won't, they won't understand. A lot of people don't understand. But you listening at home, you understand. What were your thoughts on Dave before? And what are your thoughts on Dave now? They have probably changed a little bit. I've always been a pretty strong defender of Dave is what he is. I, I you take it all the way back. That doesn't mean I've always said Dave needs to be the guy who gets. Yeah, the what ball exactly is? I didn't that. say that Dave is the guy you want to go to in clutch situations, or maybe even that he deserves to be on the floor at all situations. No, in fact, you and I had a conversation. I think at the beginning of this regular season. Oh gosh, I don't remember this. So. Okay, so this was on my podcast, and we talked about late game situations, and I think. This may have even been after, like, the Emporia State Exhibition game. Do you guys remember this where oh, Remy yeah, Martin just went off? Yeah, yeah. And you had brought up the fact that last year the offense was so bad by Kansas standards that David McCormick was the go-to guy in late-game situations. David McCormick was the guy yeah. taking 15 shots a game, and he said going to David McCormick in a post-up to win the game is not the way that, that you want to be playing 
basketball. That's not the way you play championship basketball. I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but that was the general message. (laughs) And here we saw Bill Self go. And that that moment happened in slow motion for me. And I swear to you, I swear to you, uh, watching that game in my dad's basement and seeing they went to Dave and I go, okay, he's going up with this shot against Brady Manick. And it was all happening in slow motion for me. I go, oh, my God. They're right back to where they were over a year ago going to David McCormick with the game on the line. To win the national title. To win the national freaking championship. It was the right call. Spoiler alert. It was the right call based on all the situation, the game and score, time and score, situational. It would all made sense. But still, you're right. At the end of the day, it was Dave McCormick taking the final shot and just, as you said, Andrew, solidifying his place in history. He was not named the most outstanding player. Travesty. And I, I haven't met anyone, including Ochai who thinks that it should have <laughs> been Ochai Abaji. So we'll get into that in a bit because there may be controversy and, and perhaps even a conspiracy involved with it. But I want to dive a little bit deeper into the game itself. KU was down by 15 at halftime. But even before that, things were getting out of hand pretty quickly. Was there a moment, be honest, this is a safe space, was there a moment, not where you just got nervous, but where you outright said, it's not happening. This team is not winning this game. Did you ever throw in the towel at any point? Throw in the towel, no. But did I think we were going to lose? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Halftime. Ha- halftime, it just, it's so rare to come back like that. Now, we've seen it. We saw it this, this yeah. year against K-State, which was kind of a magical game in that second half where we came back in Manhattan. Like, Can you do it twice? We did it twice, but I, at halftime, yeah, I was in a pretty dark place, Nick. Pretty dark. <laughs> I am right there with Andrew on this. It was a, did I did I think we were going to win? No, I did not. But did was there a loss of any hope? Absolutely not, because not a week ago, we saw them blow a 25-point lead. The same team is very capable of blowing massive leads. It was a lot bigger lead than this one. So, yeah, I, I think, and they were tired. Very clearly, you know, they, they were drained. Their dudes were throwing up in the corner. Like they, <laughs> I mean, we, we had, we had the, the probably every advantage other than the score in that second half. And that's what if coaching fresher legs, whatever it was. Uh, and that's the thing that, you know, if we came out hot early and not even making threes, just came out and, and cut into 10 or something, you know, make it interesting. And then, as we saw, they made it interesting very fast. Very fast. I mean, at, at halftime, when you're w- going to win the game, it all comes down to X's and O's. Can you make shots? Can you guard somebody? But there was a story that they could tell themselves that, one, they have been there before and come back from this situation recently. And, two, North Carolina has given up a huge lead in the second half before. That story existed, so we had that little tiny, tiny kernel of hope. So flip side of that conversation, at what point – or was there ever a point where you said this team is going to win this game? Not they're just back in it. They're going to win the game. They're going to win the national championship. When we were up six after the run, and we came all the way back and roared ahead, had every piece of momentum. It felt a lot like that Miami run where they were just completely dead in the water. Was there like, a play? Was it a was it a play? It was. Uh, did it? Was it the? I'm trying to remember now. I've I've rewatched it seven times, like some people uh, in the room. But it was the, when. Wait, how are you guys put, rewatching it? By the way, CBS Sports Network, and yeah. I've recorded it. Yeah, I recorded it. You guys send it to me. Yeah. Okay, thanks. It's like t- we use TiVo. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's this new technology. <laughs> yeah, you can record you television. Record television now. shows. I know. I know. <laughs> I, hit, I hit R on the VCR, dang. It just uh, no. Look, it it was it was up six because it was it felt like exactly like the Miami game where. you – Okay, there's no, they're done. Like, there's no way they can respond from this. And to their credit, they did respond to this. But that's where I felt probably the most confident, literally up until the buzzer, because everything after that was back to scary. If I had to point to one moment, and I said this yesterday on the drive, is when North Carolina had the big mental mistake of getting or doing the turnover on the inbound under their own basket or under the KU basket. So, they, everything was going so well. And when you make a mistake like that, it shows that 
you're a little frazzled, mm-hmm. you're a little frustrated, and you don't have your mind on basketball. And I thought that when we saw that opening, that you know we could win this game. The the sequence that I will always remember is the Remy corner three. Dewan Harris steals the ball at yeah. half court. Oh yeah, yeah. Back up, uh, Jalen Wilson and one free throw actually makes his layup. So that was a big <laughs> win. And one free throw hits the – and that that was the moment where I said KU was not losing this game. Very familiar to the Sharon – the bucket on the – in 2020, mm-hmm. 20, or 2008. Uh, bucket, we have a three. Sharon steals it, gets in the corner, makes another three. We're yep. down – I mean, it's, it's close at that yep. point. It's about a minute and a half left. Very similar. Like, steal on their side of the court, quick bucket – then you're back in it. That's all you need. You just got to get back in it. So back to the halftime speech for one quick second, because since you mentioned 08, Self reportedly said at halftime, you know, apparently he lit into him a little bit uh, <laughs> to start, and then said, guys, would you rather be down 15 at half or nine with 212 to go? And he said, you know, they all said 15 at half, and he's like, well, we're golden then. We did we did nine with two twelve in oh eight. We're here. We're fine. And it speaks to the mantra, and this has been written about. I think it was CJ Moore who wrote about it. But we talked about this a little bit yesterday or last week when we said that this team sort of bought it in a way that we maybe haven't seen in, in years past. And Bill Self said at halftime that if we can't play good, we just need to make them play bad. And that was clearly from the first possession where they forced a turnover and then they come down on the other end. And that's what, where we saw the alley-oop to David McCormick. Huge. This team has embraced just making the other team play bad. Okay. We can't hit shots. There's a lid on the basket. Then we are just going to make life hell on the opposing team. And they did that for 20 minutes in the second half. Could not have scripted those first couple minutes, first couple plays in the second half better. If you had to come out and say, this is what has to happen for us to win. It all happened according to plan. It all happened perfectly. And then it became a game. Then it became tied. We went up. They came back. Then it was, a you know, t- down the last 10 minutes, it was a basketball game. And we were just a little bit better. We had that extra gear. And I think North Carolina was tired when we were not. Dwan Harris was one for five from the field with two points, zero boards, three assists, and four turnovers. But it felt like he was a massive cog to that, to that run in the second half. His, I mean, again, lockdown defense, three steals, creating possessions. Like, that was one of those times where we did not have Remy on the court cueing the come to the start of the comeback. Now, he played a key role because he made some threes. He got in and actually, you know, turned the game around making three threes. But that was, that was an interesting – because it, it almost felt like it was in phases. Like, it was like the first few minutes was the, the erratic. We, you know, got the, the dunk and steals. And the second one was, okay, now – we're making some shots all of a sudden, turning them over. And the third one was, okay, now they're roaring back. And then the final act was, you know, trading buckets and 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 getting the, the Dave show. It's just, it, there was so much story there as it as it came back. It's just, you have to rewatch it three or four times to see it. It's, so, it's Shakespeare. It was in movements. It, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And there are some great images from that game, from that night, from this championship run. We're going to get into those coming up a little bit later. The voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. I mean, talk about just being in the right place at the right time. Ochai Baji <laughs> running around looking for somebody to hug. It happened to be Greg Gurley and Brian Haney while he's that's, making that's the great. game-winning call. So we're going to talk to him about that moment. But coming up next, there's one guy living proof of a cliche that I'm sometimes tired of, but now I'll embrace it forever. I'll tell you what it is next. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. You're listening to Jayhawk Talk Radio with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, and Nick Schwert on 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, is going to join the show coming up here in about 10 minutes or so with Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley. we got dimes on the other side of the glass. I am Nick Schwartz, and this is Jayhawk Talk Radio, championship edition. For like three weeks in a row, we wondered, is this going to be our last episode? Is this going to be our last (laughs) episode? I can say with confidence and with happiness that this will, will be our last episode, at least for a little while, unless you guys want to come back and do recruiting talk next week. Nah, I'm good. I, I'm not a <laughs> big recruiting a talk guy. We had a championship run. This is a championship run show. And this, this is, is a way to cap this season. This is a celebration show. And I think this is a celebration of one man in particular, Big Dave McCormick, who I believe is living proof of a cliche that I get so freaking tired of, that legacies are made in March. It's a throwaway line. We say it all the time. Great regular season. This has been a great team, but ultimately your legacy is defined by what you do in March. I kind of get tired of hearing it. And then you see it play out in real time, two games in New Orleans, where for 80 minutes, David McCormick, well, maybe at least 40 to 60 minutes, he (laughs) was the best player on the court. He was the number one reason why Kansas won a national championship down in New Orleans. And for a guy who had one of the most interesting careers just based off play, based off of fan reaction, this love-hate relationship that was more hate than it was love a lot of times, for him, of all people, to be the guy who was clearly Kansas's best player in New Orleans is such an incredible ending to a fascinating career at Kansas. We knew he was good, but what did we keep saying? We kept saying, we're just waiting for it to happen. Like, oh, he got to get his gotta get his foot rested up. Oh, let's rest Dave the second half of this game, and you know, maybe he'll get better for March. And, you know, we, we saw it because in February, January, February last year in the Big 12, we saw some pretty good Big Dave. But November, December this year, you started to see the fans get a little frustrated. January was okay. February was a little bit better. But you didn't really have it. And March comes. And if you remember the Big 12 tournament, guys, we were talking about it in this studio on this program, the Big 12 tournament championship game, Big, Big Dave – Took us to that title. Yeah. He took us to that title, and you could sort of see it. When the team needed to play big, he was the biggest player. And those two buckets down the stretch are going to be what a lot of people remember from this team. When you forget everything else, when the years go by, it's going to be his play in the last minute that people are really going to remember. Bill Self was asked a little bit about, you know, Dave McCormick and and the the big picture on him, and he said what people don't really realize is he was playing on one foot for most of the year. Um, and that you can maybe describe, explain away some of his play based on that. Some of it you cannot because we saw for four years. He's, he'll do a silly play here and there. He'll drop a ball, miss a dunk, he'll fumble a pass. He'll do those things because that's just who he is. He's a little manic. But he also said that for seven days a week, uh, for three hours a day, he would go get treatment on his foot, wow. doing all the things he needed to do to try to be ready for March. And Bill said that because he did all those things, because he put in that work, and to see the foot be the best it has felt all year in March is a testament to what he put in for this team and for his for himself. And that's something that, you know, we just sit here talking heads, goofing around, whatever, talking on Twitter. People don't really think like, 
what is this guy actually doing? What's he going through? What's his deal? And now you're able to share that because you don't want to necessarily share that stuff midseason. Now you can, and you get the full picture, and it just makes you appreciate everything he's done more. And by all accounts, just like one of the sweetest kids who yeah. does everything the right way. Everybody has, I mean, everybody in the program has nothing but nice things to say about him. And I mean, if you would have told me before the tournament that, yeah, that this is going to be the guy who's going to help you win. I don't think I would have bought into that. I would have bought into the idea that you can't have bad Dave, which you did get effectively for three games. He kind of came alive late versus Miami as a lot of guys did. And then was outstanding in new Orleans. But I think we all probably would have agreed that you can't just get bad Dave for three weeks and expect to win a title because you know, the reinforcements aren't coming. There's not this guy. There's never going to be a moment where they're going to say, you know what, K.J. Adams, 20 minutes tonight. Zach Clements, going to need you tonight. Like We knew the rotation heading into March, and it got very tight to basically what we talked about last week, which is this was a team with seven starters. And the second he came out of the game against North Carolina is when everything turned. And then he comes back into the game, and everything turns in the other direction. He is low-key an incredible smack talker. And it's not really smack talker. It's just the <laughs> gestures. It's the too small stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the raising the roof. I, I will, I'll say that right now. David McCormick single-handedly brought back raising the roof, right? There's something to that. We should make that a Kansas thing now. You know, next year in the stands, raise yeah. the roof. The, the Duke, fans got to embrace smacks it. smacks the floor. We smack we'll, the air. That's right. We <laughs> raise the roof. That's got to be our Duke thing. <laughs> but I would imagine that has to energize the other guys on the court when they just see him getting hype up. There. Yeah, for sure. Because he's not that guy a lot of the time. And when he gets... I mean, when he did the 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 flex step, the flex walk in the Miami game, you know, like, yeah, all that stuff, man. It, that that hypes everybody up. And sometimes that's CB. A lot of the time it was CB this year. But when Dave did it, it was something a little extra. I got one for you, though, Nick. All season long, you, Nick Schwert, have been, of anybody, the biggest fan on the planet of single game plus minus mm-hmm. stats. Yes, I do love it. Just the small sample size plus minus is your thing. Yeah. I love small sample sizes in general. Of course, especially data, like the smaller sample size, the, the better, better usually the more yeah, indicative you can extrapolate everything. from. <laughs> but give, let me give you one because this is actually, uh, this a is going to be good. good. Dave McCormick in that game was plus 16 from a plus minus standpoint. Can you won by what? Three. Can you won by three points? Dave McCormick was plus 16. When he was on the court, any guesses what the next highest was? Jalen, OJ. It was Jalen. Jalen. It was. Yeah. But what? Okay, but what was it? Plus seven. Yeah. How about that? Wow. Well, I mean, it makes sense. OJ plus two. If you're curious, that's the MOP. Plus two. Oof. Think of that. We won I, by three points. I don't know. I mean, how. You know what that is? That's the voters understanding that pl- single game plus, plus minus doesn't mean anything. They saw that plus two with Ochai. They said, we don't care. He That's was the, the best guy. player. That's Absolutely robbed. Most outstanding. Okay. Player. Yeah. Are Let's we all in agreement that. there? Yes. Absolutely robbed. We were live. We, we were doing a Twitter spaces during the presentation. And I went back and listened to this part. Because we were all just convinced. Like, I was shocked yeah, when Dave, I saw that. We're like, Dave is it. We're clapping for him. Look at him. He looks good. And then we're like, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What's going on? Like, because we, we didn't have the volume up. We're kind of watching. And then I, I, I said a bad word, which I will not say on the radio, that he got robbed. What letter did it begin Ochai. with? I'm not going to say. Okay. I'm not going to go. Classy. There. My mom might be listening. Okay, Kansas fans are classy. My mom Kansas was listening has, to that. Yeah, too, Kansas, <laughs> Kansas has the classiest fans. Class. Yeah. This is living proof of that. He did get robbed. He got robbed. So, okay, so Matt Norlander, uh, who uh, writes for CBSSports.com, and he said that in just a sort of non-scientific poll of other media members who were there, that he couldn't find one person who voted for Ochai Abaji. Now, maybe those guys were covering their asses because they turned in their ballots before the game ended and said, oh, I think I may have messed up. Because... By the way, for anybody who doesn't understand how the voting process works, it is insane to me in 2022 that this is how they do it. But with about 10 minutes to go, they will come by with a piece of paper. A media member or a media coordinator will walk around with a piece of paper and hand it to every media member on press row. And then a few minutes later, they will come back and collect those papers. They will go back and tabulate it. And the reason they do it that way is because they want to have the MOP named the votes tabulated and it named by the time they get to the post game 
podium awards ceremony. The idea in 2022 that you can't just like, I don't know, put it on a computer, put it on an app, say, hey, fill it out. It will immediately be tabulated and you can do it the second the game ends is absurd. To There's me. something to this conspiracy because what happened in 2008? Mario hit a shot, not with eight minutes to go. <laughs> I understand there was overtime, but theoretically, if they tabulated that and they were trying to get it before the end of regulation, Mario was one of five from three in that game before the shot. It was apparent who the best player on the court was. Darrell Arthur was the best player what, on the court. What do you have, 20 and 11? 20 and 11, 20 yeah. and 10. So what has happened in 14 years in this process where – because Mario Chalmers was a second-team All-Big 12 that season. He was fine against North Carolina. Do you remember that game? He had 11 points, one of three from three. He was not, like, the best player on that in that run. And here's But and, he hit the shot. And, and this is what so bothers me about it. Because you could easily argue, well, what's it matter? They won the title. Who cares about individual awards? I'll tell you what, why it matters is because that could end up being the difference between Ochai's getting his name in the rafters no matter what, regardless yes. of what happened on on Monday night. That could be the difference between David McCormick being in the rafters and not being in the That's rafters. That's literally the only reason I was It mad. is the difference. Yeah, that was it the is. only reason So you I was don't mad. think there's any chance he's getting his jersey retired now? I don't think so. Really? I think there's a tiny chance. Because we know this much. The rules have been loosened to the point where basically it's just whoever Bill Self decides gets to go up there. There's a minimum criteria, but, but I, I think, and he doesn't meet any of it. Maybe if he comes back for his COVID year... That's that's his only shot. So Dave, come back. I Dave, Dave think, we want you back now. <laughs> I think Bill Self is going to do Davis solid. I think Bill Self's going to make an executive decision and say he's going up there. We don't win a title without him. He's going up. He, we definitely don't win the title without him. You could probably make that claim for Remy Martin too. And he was the best player for both games. It's not just that game. He was the best player in both games in New Orleans. He, he was, was dominant. Twenty five in that Villanova 10? game. What was it? Was he definitely had more points than Ochai? Ochai had twenty in Villanova. You know, so he basically averaged 20 and 10. 25 and 9 and then 15 and 10. I think we should ask this question to our next guest. Quite simply, is David McCormick going to get his jersey in the rafters? Yeah. Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, joins us on the other side. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. Jayhawk Talk Radio, a KU show by the fans, for the fans, on 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Jayhawk Talk Radio on 610 Sports Radio with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, Chris Tenpenny. I am Nick Schwartz. There was a very interesting and unique moment that took place, uh, not in the waning moments of KU's win over North Carolina on Monday, but directly after the buzzer sounded. KU wins, national champions. Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, is doing his national championship call. A broadcaster's dream, right? You yeah. Every play-by-play broadcaster dreams of calling that championship call. And in the midst of that call, 
Ochai Abaji, first team All-American, Final Four MOP, decides to run over and give Brian Haney a hug in the middle of the call in what was one of the most unique, organic, end-of-game national championship call moments I think I've ever seen. Let's talk to him about, about it. The voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, now with us here on Jayhawk Talk Radio. Brian, give me the play-by-play breakdown of what took place there when you're doing that final call and you see Ochai running your way. Well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. Congratulations to each of you as Jayhawks. This is uh, truly something to celebrate and be so proud of. Didn't think it would necessarily happen with this particular group at certain times throughout the year. But as we've discussed, you know, not always is this uh, a tournament format that, reward, that rewards the best team overall. Sometimes it's a team that has you know, the best path. And yet, I think the way this team closed out their six wins – Maybe it did reward the best team. I mean, the way we looked in the second half versus Miami, first half versus Villanova, second half versus Carolina, that team truly could have beaten anybody, even if the road to the Final Four would have had some tougher matchups along the way. So I think that this particular journey, though, there were certainly some fortuitous breaks that caused us to dodge some bullets and not have to play certain teams. I think when it was all said and done, they, they peaked defensively in stretches. They peaked offensively in getting David, Ochai, and Remy to all come together on the same night in a couple of occasions. And we finally saw what they were truly capable of if they got everybody heading in the same direction and healthy at once. But as far as that end-of-game moment, you know, you head into it hoping to get a chance to have some kind of signature call. Nobody's ever going to top the dream is real, the dream is real by Bob Davis because that was such an epic call with an improbable run to a championship from that six-seeded 1988 Kansas team. And uh, his, his call in 2008 was great, too, although the Mario Miracle was drowned out a little bit by Chris Piper's excitement when the ball went through and Piper was like, oh. So really the, the call at the end of the game was just KU national champion. So I, I spent much of, of Sunday thinking about what I wanted to say if we got a chance because those are – Huge shoes to fill and, and, and big calls to follow. And I actually talked with the, the last two guys to make national championship calls and got their feedback. John Morris, the voice of the Baylor Bears, and Dave Kane, who was the voice at Virginia before he now takes a job at uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a dream job for him. And I also talked with Wes Durham, who's the voice of the Falcons, big ACC network guy who was down there in New Orleans. And the consensus I got was, keep it simple. Don't have it be too scripted or contrived. You know, have something in mind that you want to articulate, but not some rehearsed, you know, big, long thing. And so I got to thinking about it, and, uh, and really what was resonating with me most on Sunday morning was that at Kansas, with Bill Self having his 10th one seed in a 19-year tenure, if you include 2020, we have great years every year. Okay, every year's a great year. We're a one seed almost every other year. No worse than a four seed in his worst year. Winning conference championships 16 out of 19 years. Every year's a great year. But very seldom is it a banner year, as in unfurling a sixth national title banner. And so I decided that the only thing I was going to have fairly scripted would just be that it's a banner year for Kansas basketball. And then I'd follow that with your Jayhawks are national champions. And so when the last shot was missed and they start to storm the court, I get through that. And just as I finish, your Jayhawks are national champions. Ochai has has kind of whipped around uh, and redirected. And I don't think he was necessarily trying to find us first or anything like that. We just happened to be the first familiar and friendly faces he saw. He saw Greg, he saw me, he came running over and slapped Greg a big high five. And then I was reaching up, pointing at him, and he bent over and gave me a hug. And it was so cool because you never in a million years expect that to happen. And uh, national TV caught it for a couple split seconds, and uh, it, it was pretty neat. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a funny exchange, and I'll wrap it up succinctly here. This kid is such a sweet kid, and he's, he's the ultimate – humble superstar when it comes to deflecting praise and putting it on other people, always pointing to others and building others up. Do you know he actually apologized to me an hour after the senior day speeches were done 
that he forgot to give us some love. And he said, man, I'm so sorry. I was looking toward the other corner where the, the coaches and the teammates were sitting and you were behind me. And I had it in my mind to thank you. And it completely slipped my mind. And I'm like, seriously, you don't owe us anything, nor should you be worried about that. But bless your heart that you're so kind that you care about that. So it's just so funny that was on his mind four weeks earlier. And then we got to share that embrace uh, four weeks later on the ultimate stage. It's something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. And it's kind of funny if you go back and listen to it. The original call I, I thought came across really good. And then he hugs me and is like toppling on top of me here on the elevated court, reaching down. And it kind of takes the air out of my pipes. And, and, and in just an organic moment, I, I follow back, love you, brother, you know, <laughs> which is the truth. I love him. He loves uh, the support we've given him. And I think we're two guys cut from a similar cloth that were raised by uh, equally wonderful parents. And we just kind of had a similar path toward different, you know, futures in Kansas basketball, but I think we, we come from similar upbringings and we've always bonded over that. And we're also guys that don't just have a glass that's half full, our cup runneth over. And I think that's why we've hit it off so well over the last four years, but definitely a moment to savor. And I appreciate you. Let me have a chance to relive it a little bit with you guys tonight. That's awesome. Brian, this is Kevin. Thanks so much for joining us. Look, we've had a little bit of a debate here early in the program Though Ochai, obviously, everything you just said, 100% true. Big Dave McCormick might have had an argument for that MOP. We wanted to get your thoughts because he didn't win MOP, but because he probably should have. Do you think Bill Self has any chance, any chance at all, we see Big Dave in the rafters? Because, again, he probably deserved it. I don't think there's any probably about it. I think it was a slam dunk choice. And I was astounded when, when they didn't give it to him. And that's not to slight Ochai at all. He was obviously tremendous. But as great as Ochai's 6-for-6 six six to open the game versus Villanova was, I thought David's 25-9 and nine was every bit as big. And then in the title game, he turns in 15-10, and 10, including the go-ahead game-winning bucket and a jump hook to follow. Some of my friends in the media that actually did have a chance to vote had mentioned that they needed to get the vote in by a two-minute mark of regulation. Oh, well, there you go. Before. I've heard that before at bowl games and stuff like that, and that just blows my mind because of the 120 minutes that were played at Caesars Superdome between Saturday and Monday, the most important two minutes of the entire weekend were the last two minutes. So you got to get the, the voting in when it's all said and done, not just because you want to have time to count it before Mark Emmert is handing the trophy to, as he termed it, the Kansas City Jayhawks. But let's just take one, one more commercial break, make sure the game is finished, and then vote and get it right. Am I right? And, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's backed up, and this is why I say, Kevin, there's no probably about it. It's backed up in the form of Ochai saying at the podium 30 minutes later, hey, it should have been David. And that, again, speaks to what a selfless kid Abaji is and always lifting others up. But, I mean, his performance was so huge on so many levels. And, uh, you know, not only the two big buckets late, but, you know, contending with Baycott throughout, 10 rebounds. I just, I just thought he was fantastic. And it's a wild story because, as we all know, those of us that follow this stuff closely as Jayhawks, that's one of the criteria that gets you up in the rafters. And I know you hinted at that in your question, you know, you could also get up there as an academic All-American, and you could get up there if the most powerful man in Kansas basketball decides to tweak the criteria. That's right. I think that's what Bill Self very well might do. Now, you know, we're a long ways away from that, and he and I actually had a conversation a month ago about criteria and guys that, that aren't up there, like Keith Lankford, that would have a great case to be up there, and would you ever – tweak the criteria and he thought there are several guys that deserve to be up there but he said it's probably not something he would worry about doing while he was still the active coach but maybe later perhaps on the way out the door in retirement or something like that it wasn't like a pressing concern but I, you heard him say it in the postgame locker room speech co-mop yeah you heard him say it when they had their welcome back celebration at Memorial Stadium yesterday, co-MOP, he kept saying it. And, and you know me, I'm the biggest Ochai fan around, but I don't think there's any co about it. I think it was Big Dave, and, and Ochai agrees. So it would not surprise me if sometime down the line that that ultimately is, is, is done for him, and, and there'll be an avenue to making it happen because at the end of the day, 
you know, if, if we're going to stick to that criteria as the only avenue to getting guys immortalized in the most famous building in all of college basketball, do we really want to just trust a media vote that was done by people that are trying to meet their deadlines or get set for their live stand-ups and they're hurriedly scribbling something down by the two-minute mark? Or do we want to really evaluate it with, with people that care the most about who goes up in those Raptors making that decision? And that's Bill Self. And so if he thinks he should be up there, he will be. And everything I hear from the coach without him actually saying those words, everything I hear from him is that he thought David was most outstanding. So to me, I, I think, honestly, it's only a matter of time. It just may not be for, you know, 10 years down the line. Hey, Brian, it's Andrew. Before we get out of here, I want to ask you, what's going to be the lasting image from this championship? Obviously, oh, wait, you have Mario's shot. You've got uh, Danny and the Miracles. But when this all gets forgotten, what's the one thing that you're going to remember? What's the one thing the fan base is going to remember? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, you know, there's an iconic image of, of David's jump hook over the outstretched arms of Brady Manick, who never had a chance. Uh, that was a pretty amazing photo. Um, there's a great photo of Coach Self with both arms extended and sheer joy on his face. And I, I imagine him a split second later looking up to the heavens thinking about his dad. I loved his quote about how he talked to his dad multiple times throughout the night. Of course, his father has since passed on in January, and this was him talking to his dad up in heaven. And, and he had the great line that, yeah, he was probably pretty pissed off at us at halftime the way we played in the first half. But he said the way we came back and won that game, the, the fact that we displayed all those attributes of grit, toughness, determination that Bill Self Sr. instilled in his son that have really become the staples of every program he's ever coached. He said that would have made my dad so proud that we won it in that fashion. And it reminded me so much of the grinded out grit, toughness, heart type fashion they showed to win the day after his dad passed and we were in Manhattan and uh, came back from 16 down in the Little Apple in very similar fashion. Um, so to me, that image of the joy on his face because of everything he's been through in the last three months, the way the team picked him up and carried him in some ways, according to coach's words, but in others, the, the way he delivered arguably the greatest coaching job of his 19 seasons here. And that's something I'd love to hear you guys debate if you haven't gotten into already. But that image of sheer joy in the wake of everything he's been through on top of the McCormick jump hook. And then I don't know if there's a great picture of it, but I don't think we can undersell the value of that step back crossover three that mm. Lenny hit from the right wing when it was 65 all, what was it about two thirty to go? Uh, I mean, the degree of difficulty on that shot, I don't know what the improbability would have been, but that was a really tough shot at a really huge moment. And I wish there – I haven't seen all the photos that are out there, but I wish somebody would have caught that frozen in time because if it happens even 90 seconds later, we're talking about that as the biggest shot of the tournament. But uh, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. I'll remember that one as well. And then on a personal note, somebody caught the image of Ochai on top of me with the – arms wrapped around me, uh, you know, a big hug in that moment. I'm probably going to put that on my wall. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah. For all the reasons I told you earlier, he's he's my favorite student athlete I've ever covered, and that's a moment I will cherish till my dying day. Brian, we got about 30 seconds here before we got to hit a break, but I want to ask you one question kind of on that note. Uh, we've had a KU has the best hype video in college basketball, the pregame video with Mario for the tie, hits it, Bill Self, fist pump, starting lineup. <laughs> Is that video going to get updated next year? Will it still be Mario's shot at the end? Will it still be Bill Sell's fist bump at the end? Or are we going to see one of those images as the new brown moment for the KU pregame <laughs> hype video? I talked with Douglas Shepard about it today, and they're already thinking about what it's going to look like. It'll still include that stuff, but you got to update it to have gotta. the latest title. Gotta. And my hope was when I said, it's a banner year for Kansas basketball, I kind of envisioned in my head late night in the fog and them playing that as they unfurled that sixth banner on the north end. So I'm real hopeful we'll have some major hype behind the Rock Chalk video production and uh, get ready to celebrate in October when that banner officially goes up. B. Haney, congratulations on being part of uh, an incredible run, an incredible call there, and a national championship. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Well, hey, I'll close it like I closed it with Ochai. I love you, brother. Hey, we love you too, man. (laughs)
See you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. All righty, that is the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. I want to recap what he just said there, what you asked him, Andrew, the lasting image of this tournament run. We'll get into that next. You're listening to Jayhawk Talk Radio with Kevin Meckley, Andrew Payne, and Nick Schwert on 610 Sports Radio. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So we just asked Brian Haney on the other side what his lasting image from this championship run will be. I am Nick Schwert, Andrew Payne, Kevin Meckley, Chris Tenpenny producing this thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be a lasting image, like actual a still shot image, but the lasting moment. So, so it could even be a gift, the lasting gift form since this <laughs> 2022. What is going to be the lasting memory, the one thing that you'll remember above all else? Because the last two title runs for Kansas have very obvious ones. I'm not sure if there is an obvious one right now. Yeah, I don't know that there is one either. In some ways, it it kind of could be decided for us. Because what do you do after we win a title? You go get the SI cover Yeah, and you frame it. So whatever they pick, frankly, might be the thing that I remember because, you know, your boy's going to go get one and probably going to put a nice frame around it and mm-hmm. put it right next to Mario's shot that's in my office. So, like, in some ways it might be decided right now. I think the leader in the clubhouse for me is that dunk from Dave. I think it has to include Dave, whatever it is. Maybe it's the hook that, that Brian said. I think it has to be somewhat Dave because so, so much talk we've had after this has been about Dave. And I feel like now it's sort of a Dave thing. So I, that Dave dunk is such a pretty sweet picture. I, I think it might go there for me. It's either the Dave dunk or the Dave hook shot. Great image of a Dave hook shot. But, but for me, I think it's just the comeback generally. I mean, that's not like one moment, but we were down 15. This was the largest comeback in a national championship game history. And so if they Sports Illustrated puts up on their Dave doing the raise the roof and it says the Kansas comeback kids like that may decide yeah. it for us. But like that's a, that's yeah. a huge deal. So that, so those are, yeah, those are great. I, I wouldn't disagree with either of those. I'm going to cheat a little bit because the one moment for me that I think has stuck with me the most over the last 48 hours is the video of Ochai immediately running over and hugging his mom where you see him break down, which we've never seen Ochai break. It's not like we've ever seen him get emotional like that. Because that was a moment to me, like the culmination of four years of a dude going from being unranked to the 150th or whatever he was ranked prospect coming out of high school, flirting with going to prep school for a year so he could try and improve his ranking, coming to Kansas, redshirt pulled halfway through the year, works hard, tests the NBA draft waters. They told him he needed to become an alpha. What'd he do? He went and became an alpha. First team All-American, Big 12 Player of the Year, National Champion, Final Four MOP, like the culmination of all of those things manifesting and him going over and having that emotional. That that was a powerful video of watching him kind of go over and break down, realizing that he had accomplished every possible goal that you could set for yourself at this level. The other one you can argue I think a little bit is every good team needs a slogan right and the just load the wagons deal mm-hmm. from for you know Bill Self's dad and and having the little banner that the kids brought in it feels like that might be a lasting image too because there's a chance I mean probably a pretty good chance 
that thing ends up in the rafters somehow. Just like it's got to end up all in Allen Fieldhouse somewhere. Yeah, and they'll probably do like a, a nicer version of the, the random whatever was bed <laughs> sheet that they put it on. They had a good effort. Yeah, it no, was... but that's how the pay heat all winter. That that's how that started, right? They was it shower was, curtains. Yeah, so that that might be another one that that is is a lasting memory. Yeah, and that's a that's a season long thing, but it echoed throughout the postseason yeah. run for sure. Uh, I don't know what we're supposed to do now. Kevin, you have big plans after this, right? You're not going to be joining us for the final two hours. Is that correct? Listen, I'd love to, but I missed the opportunity to go down to Mass Street and just shower everyone with champagne. <laughs> uh, so I actually have to go to a work dinner. But instead of doing the work dinner, I might just ask the sommelier for some bottles of champagne and just spray them on everything. No, I think you should go to Mass Street. I think you should go to Mass Street and just spray unsuspecting families walking around shopping with champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Can a sommelier tell you what has the best fizz? What has the best, like, pouring over? Yeah, I need something that's going to blow up here. uh, I'd like to know the one that has the most CO2. Like, how can can you shake it? Make sure you shake it really good before you bring it over. (laughs) Okay, so Kevin will be departing. Andrew and I will be sticking around two more hours of Jayhawk Talk Radio. Kevin, thank you. It's been a pleasure all year. Thank you. Thanks for helping us bring a championship back to Lawrence. I feel like I played a, a small but not completely small part in it. All right. Two more hours coming up. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio. Jayhawk Talk Radio, a KU show by the fans for the fans on 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.